round of applause. All I want to hear right. you guys clap. Oh, you guys can come on out. Come <laughs> on out. Have your seat. Storm in the stage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm a, a comedian, Joe Leonardo. I know a little bit about technology. I have like a phone and I have an old AOL. And you are account. on stage. And I'm on and stage and here at the next web. Yeah. But it would be weird if I was just by myself because I'm not an expert at all. So we have I'm David here. Ryan Polgar, our tech expert in tech. There we ethicist. go. Well, thank you. Thank you. But the, the point of this show at Funniest Tech, we're a New York City based podcast and live panel show. And what we do is we tackle some of the thorniest issues in technology, but we do it inside of a comedy theater because we're thinking, what better way to get at the honest truth about how tech makes us feel? Because when we think about tech, it's not either positive or negative, right? We feel anxious, we feel awe, excited, yeah. nervous, right? Those are complicated ways that we need to really explore in a messy fashion. We've talked about issues like cryptocurrency, diversity in tech, tech addiction. But today we're going to be talking about, which hopefully a lot of you are thinking about, how do we stay creative in the digital age? Right, I mean, think about how many of you right now are holding your smartphone, right? Exactly. You or looking at that instead of looking at us. Well, there you go. Well, you, you <laughs> got your side. One guy pointed to himself in the back. It's like me, I'm not a fan. Well, <laughs> the, the idea, right, is we, we touch our smartphone more than we touch our significant other, right? It's, it's something that, that has rings, pings, and dings that keeps us kind of attached. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're, if you're part of a company, a lot of, a lot of founders here are part of companies, you're thinking about innovation, we want to talk about on stage with Susan yes. and Pamela that we'll introduce soon about how we stay creative. How do we get that aha moment? How yeah. do we reach a point where we say, that's a good idea, right? Because again, when you think about when you're creative, it's usually not when you're overly distracted. Yes, and all that seriousness out of the way, this is a comedy show. We're gonna be talking light hard, we're adding some levity to it, so I wanna hear you all laugh right now. Just one big laugh. <laughs> there we go, that's you. You're allowed to do that during the show. You, you know, anytime <laughs> you wanna laugh at anything, laugh. Anytime you wanna cheer, stop your yeah. feet. Think of this as Gallagher minus the watermelons. There we go. <laughs> uh, is Gallagher International? <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. But so, so who do so we have, Joe, that. with hey. us today? Well, let me introduce our guests. Big round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I feel I like, like I'm on a morning Woo. show yeah. on the radio. Uh, we have uh, Susan Lindner, the CEO and founder of Emerging Media with us. Hi. And we have Pamela Palvashok, the founder at Change Sciences. I love this sound effect. I mean, I feel like I get points every I feel time. Like a this, shock jock. This, <laughs> I feel like we're getting graded. By the end of the show, it's going to say we had like 350 yeah. points. But let's start us <laughs> off, since we only have about 17 minutes here, right? So, Susan, we'll start off with you. Yeah. Right? How do you stay creative when you're constantly carrying around your smartphone? It's constantly saying, look at me, feed me, right? How do we, and how do you specifically, how do you actually say, I need to come up with a creative thought, right? I've got a client, and, and, and they need this new idea. So do you have any kind of tips or tricks or something that you do to stay creative? Beyond porn. Sure. Well, yeah. you know, whatever okay. works. So <laughs> makes you creative. <laughs> I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, we so are I, I've learned a lot by watching porn. <laughs> we, well, I've learned a lot what not to do, apparently. And we are in Amsterdam, I will say. Uh, although I, I came here for the canals and the museum. I so. came here for something else. <laughs> 
So yeah, how do you stay uh, creative besides your pornography uh, addiction? <laughs> so I think staying connected actually has helped me become more creative. Okay, let's un let's unpack that. What do you what so do you think? So sometimes just going down that rabbit hole of clicking and finding what the next thing is, I'm turned on to things. Sorry. I'm finding new things that I never <laughs> thought slip, of before. Slip you had. <laughs> Last night, for example, a little bit jet lagged, a little bit excited about being here today, I wound up finding an article about how scientists now believe that octopuses may be aliens from another planet. The entire group, really? octopuses, squids, cephalopods, you name it. What that has this, gotten me this, thinking. What's that based on? That is based on bacteria that has never been before found on Earth and how it colonized quickly. That's funny, because I read something that octopus, like if humans were to disappear, octopuses, octopi, would be the next to evolve intelligence. Yes. They're the next in line after it, uh, humanoids and primates. Uh, Joe, I'd be interested though of what everybody here, right, thinks about that. So who, who here- I read that under a Snapple cap. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're very informative, but, but who here kind of agrees with Susan that they think kind of going down this rabbit hole of tech where you see an article, like you get a ping on your phone, hey, read this. Who thinks that it makes them more creative? Feel free to like raise your hand. Do you think that makes you more creative? Raise your hand. There you go. Or clap. That's noise. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right, clap if you think you're, you're struggling with your phone and sometimes you go down a rabbit hole and you're saying, why am I still looking at my phone? I haven't fed my, my kids, yeah. my wife thinks I ignore her. Yeah, big clap over here. I'm the same way. I feel like it's a big distraction for me. Okay. I already have like the ADHD. That's why I do comedy. But uh, <laughs> last night I had trouble sleeping because I was completely jet lagged and my phone kept buzzing because it was on New York time. I had a bunch of comedians and friends just messaging me the stupid shit that they message me. But it's happening at three or four in the morning for me, and every time it buzzes, I would wake up, look at my phone, see what it has to say, and it's just emoji of a grapefruit uh, or whatever, and I turn it off. That's why they always recommend not using your smartphone as your alarm clock, right? So here you Which are. Which I do. <laughs> yeah. You're the example then, I guess, of what not to do yeah. for, for tech, but... Uh, I am all the failures of tech in one person. <laughs> you keep a, a failure journal, which I heard now is a, is a thing with some, some Dutch guys we were talking to. So, so Pamela, uh, what, about, what about you? You're obviously in a field where you're thinking about emotional AI, like really cutting edge emerging tech ideas. You obviously need to have critical thinking, creativity. So how do you stay creative in the digital age? Yeah, I mean, I think there is an aspect to technology that can be creative, that idea of the mashup and synthesizing um, what's missing online is constraints. So when I'm doing like a design thinking kind of workshop, there's constraints to how we create. And that's kind of missing sometimes in our online experience. Like there is no constraint. In fact, we're encouraged to keep going and keep going. And um, so that's kind of missing. The Beatles actually, that's a big Beatles thing, was they only had a four track. So all of Sgt. Pepper's, if you guys, are you guys Beatles fans? Does anybody know about the Beatles? Clap if you do like, love the Beatles. All right, they sold like, they went platinum multiple times, so a bunch of you I know do. Uh, but they only had a four track to record Sgt. Pepper's. If you listen to that album, it's very complicated. All that is done by a lot of mixing down onto four separate tracks. The more they were constrained, the more creative they got. Later album like Abbey Road, Let It Be, was done on an eight track, 16 track. They had freedom to do whatever they wanted, but as we know, great albums, but they're a little more simpler. Sure. They're easier to use. It kind of turned off that creative part of the brain through, like you're saying, through constraint. 
Well, let's, let's kind of dig into that idea of constraint. So Pamela, are there any ways that you've kind of taken a more analog approach? Like for, for a lot of people, they might say, you know what, I'm distracted by my smartphone, therefore I'm going to go to this old-fashioned alarm clock, or I'm going to use pen and paper. Do you still use uh, oh, pen and paper? Well, yeah, I think in the design community, we're using, well, we're pretty bad about Sharpies and Post-its. We have serious addiction to those. <laughs> um, but what I've found, so I have three kids, and I have an enormous amount of crap, like leftovers, toys that were abandoned or broken or random stuff. I use that now in like speculative design workshops and in my own work to prototype things. So taking, you know, the head of a Barbie doll and, well, that sounds kind of creepy, but, <laughs> you know, like you could take that physical objects because they're very evocative, right? When you are interacting with something that's mm -hmm. in the physical world, it's much easier to evoke that memory, that sensation. You have more senses going. Our online experience is pretty sensory poor right now, whereas a physical experience there might be a scent, a taste, um, a touch to it that elicits a memory. I mean, that's all of Proust right there in a nutshell, actually, so. Is that like how we learn? Like, do we need to uh, uh, excite our other senses? Because with our phones, it's just eyes yeah. and typing I mean, with our thumbs. I mean, that's going to get better, right? Because things are moving. We're really obsessed with the screen right now, but if hopefully things are going to start moving off the screen. Although a lot of our creativity is like, hey, what if we could just slap a screen on this thing or yeah. this yeah. thing? But once we resist that impulse... I can order Seamless off my refrigerator, which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> just open the freaking refrigerator, yeah, right, Joe. Just something. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that, you know, the, that element of sensory um, richness could come back to technology once we move off of screens, because right now it's all visual, and, and that's a lot of our problems with our relationships on screens too, is we've got a screen in between, so we disassociate from each other and from ourselves even. What tech do you think will, uh, uh, you know, revolutionize that? Or what tech do you think is, is leading that charge? I don't think there's just one. I kind of don't think it's going to be VR, because VR tends to cut you off in your own world, although there's some interesting experiments. There's a food company, the name is escaping me right now, and they do like a VR 3D printed food, virtual food experience, so you can taste things from history. You can taste things that you never would taste before, and it's a full-on sensory experience combining virtual reality and wearables, I think, and, and 3D printed objects. And so I think that's a possibility. But I do think it's probably going to be manifest itself again in physical objects okay. that will then have a sensor or something in there. I want edibles more so than wearables. Like <laughs> having Just some be kind careful, of. Susan. <laughs> that's where they that's a whole other world. Well, that was the promise, right, with 3D printers. We would, we would be creating this 3D printed food. But yeah. uh, Susan, I'm also interested, though, in this idea of, of burnout, right? So I see a lot of you, right? A lot of you today are, are on your phones. You're, 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 there's a lot of overwhelming kind of activities going on. So how, how many of you feel overwhelmed right now by just the amount of activities that you have going on, the amount of social networks that you're on? Kind of raise your hand if you're feeling kind of overwhelmed. All right, so we have a lot of people, right? So I think the big part is, like, I know for me, for me personally, when I feel overwhelmed, I like to kind of go for, for a long walk, clear my brain, actually put away, not have my phone even in my pocket, because I think yeah, if, uh, if we're tempted by it, that's something we're always going so to touch. So hard for me to do. But, I have a small dog, and I have to walk him three times a day because I live in an apartment in New York City. 
Um, I have to have my phone on me. I feel, if I forget my phone, even naked? that short 20-minute walk, if I have don't have my phone on me, I feel so disconnected for some reason from the outside world. And I know it's just like, it's a it's tech a, addiction, just like any well, other Well, it's, it's nomophobia, right? The, the fear of, uh, of not having your phone or not having Wi-Fi signal. Just this idea that we actually... What's it called? Nomophobia. I thought that's when you love a phone and you hate people. <laughs> well, it is, that, it is that kind of addiction. And now, obviously, yeah. tech addiction becoming a hot topic. But, Susan, when you feel overwhelmed by tech and you're just feeling kind of like overplugged, right? Yep. What do you do? Are you, are you a person who does like digital detox or, or digital diet or, or have some type of activity? So that kind of after the drinking? After the drink. Well, after it, the drinking. So then it, maybe it's tech-free drinking. Like you don't have your you don't have your phone at the That's bar. Right. So maybe like don't hanging drink out and with, text. I think we all know where that goes. Hanging out with friends, having a beer. I mean, that's always a good activity. We, I love, we, I love like, nature. Yep. I love to travel and I love to eat crazy things. And you were saying kind of off stage that you did have an experience, right, with some, some crazy food. So do, do tell this, uh, this experience, like traveling, I guess, to Amsterdam, right? You, you yeah. had some uh, to Stockholm. Okay. Yeah, I had a seven-hour layover in Stockholm, so I made a decision to leave the airport, and I figured I really just have time for a great meal. So I thought, what does Stockholm have to offer? And I saw this fantastic menu board that said, your choice, three kinds of herring, mm -hmm. a moose burger, or reindeer steaks. So I thought, this is my only opportunity to eat Blitzen, Vixen, and then one of the other Santa's reindeers. <laughs> I'm going for it. So that you, was just you fantastic. You ruined everybody's childhood. I by, know. By I, know. I only got coal when I was a kid. <laughs> this is my revenge. <laughs> Eating one of Santa's reindeer. Yeah, I love challenging myself with things I never would have tried before. So new experiences for me are the way I tap out of tech and try something new. But yeah. I will say this, coming to Amsterdam, using uh, Google Maps was a lifesaver. Mm. Being able to just uh, look at my phone, where, where this, getting here is because of Google Maps for me. You know, I had the technology to yeah. find my way Explore. here. So there is like the plus side and the minus side. I can't, you know, well, I, think I that's, can't look at a map. I think that's the, the key part because <laughs> the, uh, for, ex for example, like uh, the airlines, they lost my luggage, right? So I had to go out yesterday and David find bought this. this full suit uh, yesterday, it, This by is the way. solely for your, your benefit, uh, courtesy yeah. of H&M. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, I was just walking around and I didn't even have any signal on my, on my phone and I, and I was getting lost, but like at the same time, you can feel those synapses going off. You're saying, my God, where am I? And it's a beautiful city, you walk around, there's canals everywhere, friendly people, almost getting hit with bicycles all the time. Yeah. But it was, it, it was great because you had to pay attention and you realize that so many times in life, we're kind of on autopilot. So apparently that's what I kind of want to dig in, right? It's like, yeah. do, you, do you ever feel like you're on autopilot? And if so, like what do you do to kind of push yourself out of that, because I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Like so many times in life, you're just kind of walking through, and then all of a sudden, you get into a different location. You wind up in, in a, an unusual territory, and you're saying, "Wow, this is different. I have to pay attention. I can't just look at my phone. I actually have to talk to to, to random people." Yeah, I mean, what I like to do is impersonate Alexa. <laughs> impersonate Alexa. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Pretty good, right? That That's is all good. I got. That's yes. all I got. Um, yeah. That's no. all my <laughs> She can't even understand a word I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I do think also, there's something Also, I have a cousin that. named Alexis, so she goes off. Every time I talk about my cousin or I call her on the phone, Alexis always listening. I see a little blue yeah. light turn and yeah. look at me. That, I wonder well, that name right has gone down in popularity oh, yeah. significantly in the U.S. because of Alexa. Right, um, because you can never date a girl named Alexa because every time you said her name... 
Amazon would be listening to your conversation. If, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, or we don't have much of a guarantee that they're not in general. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll know I'm just sitting at home so, watching like the property. So Amazon would say, you that. have a very boring relationship, you know, <laughs> and then sell me, sell me uh, self-help books. <laughs> she puts herself on snooze. Right, so right. Boring. So um, you're autopilot. How do you get out of that? Yeah. Um, I think the same way a lot of people do. It's, you know, what's most evocative? It's stories, songs, um, sense, those are all connected to our memory. So anything that you can do to sort of stimulate new experiences. And so I think travel is a great one. I think, um, honestly, having kids really stretches you in new ways and challenges you to do things that you wouldn't normally try or do. Plus, you can relive all of your childhood. So for instance, I went roller skating at a roller rink Wow. Last week, because it was a birthday party, and that's what we did. And I'm like, well, I'm the only parent going, but who cares? I'm going to do it anyway. And, you know, so it's those kind of new experiences. I fell a few times. Um, <laughs> still fine. That's like a one-way ticket to the emergency room for me. <laughs> I used to be pretty good, so, you know, it just kicked right in. <laughs> Susan, yeah, I want to, like, have those moments where I put down my phone, maybe use a pad paper, because doing stand-up... I write all my jokes on my phone. Sometimes if I'm workshopping new material, I'll have my phone out and I'll have like a, you know, a key phrase that uh, jots my memory for something. But I've responded to a text while working. While in the middle of a stand-up act, something, I was looking at my phone, something <laughs> oh, popped no. up and I respond, I literally split my brain, was doing my act, the audience was loving it, and during their <laughs>, laughs, I was responding, no, it was okay audience. Uh, they, they were, uh, I was extreme. just, I responded to a text. It was like my mother was trying well, to... Well, that's where they wonder if it's like a Pavlovian kind of, kind yeah. of impulse to, to, to respond. But as a lot of you probably saw, right, with the recent uh, Google kind of update, one, Google Duplex, that took up a lot of the, the, uh, the dialogue, but they also announced, Google announced that they, they are going to have a focus on well-being. So with the Android, they're going to have a new tool where you flip over your phone, you have a do not disturb kind of I moment. I love that idea. Yeah, no, it's I a great idea. idea. Okay, I, I'm I a critic of that one. <laughs> yeah. Just jump in. And I, I haven't heard anyone really say it out loud, but I don't think that it's a really great thing to t turn on and off your phone, whether you set it up or not, or get a notification or not, because it totally abdicates responsibility mm. for improving the technology itself. It says, okay, it's kind of a neoliberal, actually, yep. point of view on technology. It's like, okay, you guys manage it. We'll give you the tool, and you can use Whoa. it to turn it off and on, but we're not going to change anything about the technology itself. We're not going to change maybe the addictive ways it might be designed. We're not going to sure. change how we collect data. We're not going to change any of that stuff. Or that's I didn't hear that. It just gave me an on-off switch. And really? so that's going to work huh. as, about as well as a digital detox works, but which I is think, not like, very well. It's an interesting perspective sure. because it, I think of cigarettes and then there's the nicotine patch. It's kind of like a nicotine patch for your phone, right? It is necessarily, it's not, it's on you to quit smoking. Right, but you can use the, the, the patch as a tool. So I, well, I see the I, benefits of them yeah. having this feature to help you yeah. to, to have it be do not sure. disturb, as opposed to like, you know what, if you have a problem, it's your issue. It's like yeah. putting filters on cigarettes. But the thing is, the smoking analogy doesn't work very well because we could live well, better, without smoking at all. Yeah, right? but it's so enjoyable. But technology, we can't really. There's no way if we just removed all technology, 
-hmm. That's, we're not going to be able to work, we're not going to be able to parent. A lot of the emotional labor that people do, like keeping track of addresses and cards and greetings and scheduling meetings and events, all that happens through technology. We can't really get off of it in the as same way that we tough. would for a cigarette. As a former smoker, though, as a former smoker for a very long time, and I quit because, like, I had to, and because I'm, like, dying from it. No, I'm not. Because uh, <laughs> it's uh, killing no, you. It's bad for you. But uh, <laughs> having smoke breaks was a way to network, talk to people. So there is yes. a smoking culture, there especially is. as a comedian. Everybody True. goes outside and has a cigarette. You talk to your other fellow comedians, you get booked on their shows. So cancer is a comedian trade-off, well, I guess. Well, just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> kind yeah. of. Yeah, it I might know. be. But tragedy think, comes comedy. So Joe, we are kind of nearing the end. I just want to hear just from our two panelists, like what is your moment, just five seconds, what is your, your area, what is your moment of zen? Where do you go to have that flow? I, I didn't mean to rhyme there. Yeah, I'm Dr. yeah you Seuss. did. Where do you go, go, go to have Where that Where do you go to flow? have your flow? You wouldn't We know. have a kid's book, Funny as Death, coming in the fall. I really do tend to spend time with my pets pets. or my kids. Good. If I'm going to go off, fine. Susan. Glass of Sauvignon Blanc, hot tub, 11 o'clock <laughs> at night. Watching That's your it. porn, watching your porn, and then you're, and then you're good. <laughs> so we've got Joe Leonardo. Hey, and there's David Ryan Polgo. And we're Funniest Yay. Tech. Thank you, Pamela, Susan. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you everybody.